live from New York. We are live in New York, baby. Thank you, Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> what a strange start. Hello, everybody, and welcome again to uh, Midday Ramblings with Q, a podcast series hosted by the Untitled Van Life Project. Uh, or so... Something like that's that. That's a pretty good way to say uh, it. I guess, yeah, that's fair. Oh my god! Um, all right, so I've got Caleb and Amy, the Untitled Van Life Project OGs, with me, and today we're going to be talking about some wizards from Australia, known as King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. And boy, am I stoked to ramble today because this is my favorite band working today. Uh, they might even go down as my favorite <laughs> Your favorite band, band working. Who, who says well, no, their no, no, bands no, no. are working? Well, I mean, like, I love Led Zeppelin, but they're not working today. I love the Beatles, <laughs> Maybe but they they're are. not working Maybe today. Maybe Led Zeppelin's doing some, and, like, marketing like, I or still, something. I still love Radiohead, but they're not as productive as King Gizzard. And I might not die with King Gizzard being my favorite band of all time, but right now they are my favorite band working, and they're my favorite band thus far okay. in okay. my life. Two things, two things. One, one, what band is as productive as King Gizzard? And the lizard oh, there's a few. Uh, Frank Zappa, uh, Buckethead. Um, okay, know, cool. I'm more. glad you did that. And two, yeah, for <laughs> all the listeners who don't know what we're talk, what the hell we're talking about, we are talking about the band, not the wizards, the band King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> yes, that and is they the, are from that Australia. That is the band's name. That is the band's yes. name, and they are more musicians than they are wizards, but they're wizards that are musicians. They're wizards yeah, with they music. Are. And they're also yes. king gizzards. What's a gizzard? Yes. I think a gizzard is, is that, well, I'm thinking of a buzzard. I was thinking it was a type of bird. I was thinking, is a gizzard a bird? Isn't a I gizzard was thinking a, it was the part of a turkey's neck, you know, that like hangs. Um, we can do a quick search and find out what a gizzard is. A gizzard, gizzard is? also referred to as the ventriculus gastric mill, and gingivium as an organ found in the digestive tract of some animals. So, so the, is it throat-related? Uh, digestive sh- tract? Well, anyway, if I can start by giving a brief history lesson of King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Take us back. Yeah, uh, they're an incredible band. They um, started out as just friends jamming. Uh, they're from Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. And uh, they places? were like, I don't know. I, it's Mel Melbourne. Melbourne but is. It's like is a place. Are you Melbourne's just reading this like straight off of Wikipedia? Mm-hmm. No, um, I'm I'm not reading anything right now. I'm trying to remember the stuff by heart. But I think it's like Victoria is a province in Australia, and then Melbourne is like a city slash town. Yes, Melbourne I, is I, a city. Anyway. I know that at least. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Anyway, I don't know much about Australia. Apologies to my Australian comrades. Oh, Absolutely. Wow. Let's get another <laughs> didgeridoo. Play the didgeridoo with oh, my pet wallaby. Didgeridoos are awesome. Ips. Dingo, dingo, Absolutely. dingo. Dingo Doyle. Anyway, um, so they were friends. Uh, some of them went to high school together. I think they went to like a, a couple different high schools between the seven original members. Um, but they just started jamming, and then they got asked to play a show. And they were debating whether they should be the Gizzards Gizzards or King Lizard, which I believe was um, Jim Morrison's, like, guitar name back in the day. Um, And they ended up uh, becoming King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard for their first show ever, and it stuck. 
um, but they were just a bunch of friends jamming, and they started as a seven-piece. They had two drummers, uh, but last year one of their drummers, uh, Eric, left the band, but he runs their record label, uh, Flightless Records. Um, because yeah, of them Australian birds, right? Australian birds that are flightless. Um, but uh, he, or yeah, Eric runs their label. Uh, but yeah, the band started jamming and writing in 2010. I think they released their first EP in 2010 or 11. They've now released 17 full-length albums. They released five alone in 2017. These guys are fucking prolific. They are constantly releasing new stuff. Constantly working, uh, they, as you would say. Yes. Constantly working. They're still employed um, with their band, except for the one, the one member who resigned. They are it's, essential well, yeah, workers he got right like now. They're, they're definitely essential workers. Well, Eric they is actually get the vaccine more, first. more employed than they are because he's, he's getting lots of bands' music out. <clears throat> but um, uh, I don't know if I should go over. Well, yeah, I guess, you know, their first two or like, I guess some of their early releases were very kind of like more garage rock, surf rock. I think their first album was just re- uh, recorded on iPhones. Like it was like very low quality. That's how um, I'm recording my that, shit right now. iPhones. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how we're recording uh, these podcasts pretty much. Um, but uh so you know kind of low quality pretty compressed and gritty sound um like their early work actually reminds me of a lot of nashville bands from like the late 2000s and early 2010s going to lots of house shows and there's a lot of kind of garage surfy rock bands that had that very early king giz sound you ever heard of beef um i have heard of beef oven beethoven 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 Beethoven. Uh, but uh, so after those early garage rock, surf rock bands, they actually did this album called Eyes Like the Sky, which is kind of like this psychedelic spaghetti western narration album. It's a, kind of a strange album. But then they did Float Along, Fill Your Lungs, uh, which starts with their longest track to date. It's like over 14 minutes, called Head on Pill, very psychedelic heavy. And that's kind of when they stepped into the more psychedelic writing. And uh, in 2014, I'm skipping over Oddments, uh, which also came out, but a lot of people thought of that as like a float along, fill your lungs B-side album, even though I think it's got some real winners on there. Don't want to piss on Oddments. But uh, in late 2014, I believe Halloween of 2014. Wow, um, so I'm in your I'm, I'm in your mind fuzz uh, came out, and a lot of people consider that to be like the album that like, uh, where they kind of found their signature sound, so to speak. Um, I would say it's tied for my favorite album of theirs, I'm In Your Mind Fuzz. It's a great kind of starting place if you ever want to get into a band with 17 albums. Like, where do I start? I would say either go chronologically or maybe start with I'm In Your Mind Fuzz. Or maybe just start with The River. Or I don't even know where to start. <laughs> no, I think you nailed it, dude. I think, I think starting people with I'm In Your Mind Fuzz does get you a really good insight into what you're going to be hearing throughout King Giz's discography from there on out. Well, you want to know what I got started with? What? Infest the Rat's uh, Nest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's that's where most people got introduced That's not completely true. That's not completely true. I think you got introduced to Flying Microtonal Banana. You're probably right because Caleb did buy that vinyl. We had it on vinyl, but... Infest the Rest Nets, for some reason, is the first one I think I really, like, actually, like, listened to. Like, 
microtunnel flying banana. You came microtunnel flying banana. You came home from that show, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we have this tradition where anytime we go to a concert, we either buy an album at the show if possible, and if not possible, then we buy it like right when we get home, um, just from the band that we saw. So that was the yeah. album you bought after seeing King Gizzard yes. the first time was but microtunnel flying banana. You would have banana. heard them before that. Yes, but once infest the rats, rats. Rat's Nest <laughs> came out. A lot of a lot of tongue twister album names. Really the are. Rat's Nest. When that one came out, I feel like I heard that album straight through uh, multiple times. Like that was the first <laughs> album I think that was really thrown in my face. Like you bought. Well, that album is very in your face. <laughs> it is in your face. You, you bought can't get that flying micro tunnel banana, but like it just kind of was like, oh, here the, here's this. This is that show I went to. If you want well, to listen to it, and I never did. I, and then in Festival Rat's Nest, it was like. There is no panic. Well, I know I'm pretty sure before that album came out though, Amy, I had made you listen to both The River and Am I in Heaven, two of my all time favorite Giz songs, before that album ever came out. I mean you I might have you Well, we we would also used to listen through Non and Gone Infinity while we were playing Ninety Nine Life Super Smash. That's when I was going to but Amy Yeah, yeah but you would hear hear reading it. or going you would to hear sleep. It also and yeah. Okay, I'm talking I'm speaking consciously. Like Consciously. Consciously. Consciously, I think that was the first album. Infestor Rats Nest was the first album where you were very aware of like yes. King, like I'm conscious, King I'm aware music, of what and I'm you're like, oh, to. a new album is coming out, and it dropped, and then we like listened to it yes. through it together, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then you guys went to a show, like what the day after it dropped, or uh, it was, was pretty it? soon after it dropped, and yeah, it was very Infestor the Rats Nest like heavy, and I feel like that was week, why we yeah. we were going to that show. We already had tickets, and then yeah. they were putting out that that album like maybe i don't know really soon so i was like once it came out i was like amy you probably need to listen listen to this because they'll play a lot of these songs and the show was very aggressive (laughs) (laughs) but i mean i'm not against like i'm into that i like that bike i like seeing that live but i don't necessarily want to listen to it every day all the time yeah Yeah. but but i I was not turned off I, I personally, I personally love that album, but that album isn't King Gizzard because King Gizzard is so many different sounds. What is King so Gizzard? Back, uh, King Giz is is many things. King Giz, well, I don't know. A lot of people. They're I gods. haven't. I haven't done a deep dive into the Gizverse because I don't really understand it. But, into the uh, Gizverse, baby. I don't know. Stu has jokingly claimed that. Uh, there's something such as the Gizverse, and all the songs off all the albums exist within the Gizverse, which I think is just like a series of potential post-apocalyptic universes. But I don't know. I don't know what all it is. But anyway, I'm in your mind fuzz is a great place to start. And after I'm in your mind fuzz, they dropped quarters, uh, which is four tracks each. 10 minutes, 10 seconds each. So they each take up a quarter of the album, and that's where the river um, came out. And uh, you guys don't remember this, and I uh, do. We all saw okay. Tame Impala. All saw Tame Impala all saw in 2015. Yeah. In 2015, um, when Currents had just dropped and Quarters had just dropped. That was at the Ryman. It was at Wait, the Ryman. Wait, you were at that show? Yes, I was at that show. That was the first time I ever saw King Gizzard, and I had Same, heard dude. the band's name, but I, I don't know if I'd ever listened to their music, and it was after that show... Um, that I think I bought quarters and I'm in your mind fuzz and for like probably a year to a year and a half those were the only two albums of theirs 
I had, I actually didn't even get Nonagon Infinity till it had been out f for like almost six months. I it went over my head. I didn't, uh, it I missed it on my radar somehow at launch. Uh, that's weird. But because late two, th yeah, that's like, like Nonagon is what really made them grow a level of fame. Oh yeah, that's definitely the album. They that, leveled like, up with that one in terms of yeah. their overall fame. Yeah, and I definitely think Nonagon Infinity is uh, perhaps conceptually their coolest album. It's a it's a nine track album that each track perfectly seamlessly goes into the next one, and so if you put it on a loop, the album sounds like a never ending album. And they could also seamlessly loop a lot of those songs from uh, "I'm in Your Mind Fuzz" into Nonagon Infinity oh, yes. as well. well that's, They're that's, all in the same Gizverse, shall we say? Well, there's there's the first trilogy, which is I'm in your mind, Fuzz, to Nonagon Infinity, to Murder of the Universe, which Murder of the Universe was their second album they released in 2017 of five albums. Two of five. Um, they, yeah, so they said that those three albums are kind of a trilogy, and on, and on the cover of those three albums, there's uh, a mountain in the middle of the album that's on all three of those. Uh, so mm. you kind of know they're interconnected, which Polygon to Wonderland actually has a similar image, but it's slightly different. Um, which we'll get to Polygon to one Atlanta in a second. But yeah, Quarters uh, is where the river was, which I think is like the track that like took me down the, the King Giz. Uh, well, it took me down the, the King river. river. Yeah. Which one? Wait, what was the, the track that took you down the, the King Giz? The river is what the river. took you down? And the, well, it was, I think it was the river and then the album I'm in Your Mind Fuzz that made me go like, holy shit, this band's awesome. You're like, they are and in my not, mind. Fuzz. Yeah. Fuck. And then they were fuck. like, I'm not in your mind. In your mind. Um, and then Nonagon Infinity, I was like, who the fuck are It opened are these the door. Yeah, it opened the door. And it was like, <laughs> nice. it opened, it, uh, it was, I was like, these guys are like fucking prolific. And then late 2016, they also announced they were going to release five albums in 2017. And I was like, I am going to buy all five of those albums the day they launch. And I'm going to become a King Giz nerd, which is what happened starting late 2016 and throughout all of 2017. I was along for the ride. Except you didn't baby. have to buy all five of the albums. You only had to buy four of the albums. That is true, which we'll actually get to that uh, about Polygon to Wonderland. Um, or actually, I'll go ahead and skip to that. Polygon to Wonderland was their fourth album uh, of five released in 2017. And they released it as a public domain album. So wait, so it, went, anyone... it went Nonagon Infinity... Murder of the Universe. No, Nonagon Infinity, Flying Microtone, Banana, Banana Mur Murder, of the, Murder of the Universe, Sketches of Brunswick East, Yes, which was um, somewhat inspired by Miles Davis' uh, Sketches of Spain. And I remember that, actually, that was the first album, Amy, that I told you to listen to because I was like so heavy into them in 2017. When Caleb and I saw them in 2017, Sketches of Brunswick East had just dropped and their opener was mild high club who they did that mm -hmm. album with um, well Kizik, i remember thinking you know me well because that is one of my favorite albums by them now yeah. is it your favorite? sketches of brunswick east um yeah sketches of brunswick east was third and then polygon to wonderland was the fourth it is tied for my favorite album with uh, i'm in your mind fuzz it is yeah they released it for free which you know kind of uh is harkens back to radioheads in rainbows but we'll talk about that maybe another time um so they're like uh they also said that was the album that they worked the hardest on for 2017 it felt the most personal and so that's kind of why they wanted to give it to um 
the audience or to their fans for free. Um, like people started their own record labels just to like print their own versions of Polygon to Wanna Land. Um, they also did a bunch of charity type stuff with Polygon to Wanna Land and like, I don't know how much money they even made. They made like tens of thousands of money for charities through Polygon to Wanna Land. Tens when of it thousands launched. of monies. <laughs> tens of thousands like of monies. Um, anyway, yeah, they're really cool dudes. They're, they're also very, um, I think most of them are, not that this matters that much, but you two would appreciate the fact that I think most of them, if not all of them, are vegetarian or vegan. They're very into environmental stuff. I don't know that you know they're pretty. They far sing left a lot. Of, they sing a lot about it in some in some of their albums too. Mm-hmm. Lots of their songs yeah, are very cl- climate change. Definitely, yeah. fishing for fishies uh, has a lot of climate yes. change topics. And, and Planet B. There is no yeah, Planet B. There is no Planet B. There bro. is no Planet B. I mean, unless you want to And go if to Mars, not now, then when? I say we just if we just leave Mars for the rich, you know. But uh, yeah, Polygon to Wonderland was was incredible. But um, going back to the first album of uh, 2017, Flying Microtonal Banana. That was their first, uh, them dipping their toes into microtonal sounds and the microtonal guitars. And uh, on the front of that album, it does say volume one, or it's like explorations into microtonal sounds, volume one. So they they had announced that they were gonna do more microtonal stuff. And late last year, uh, they released an album called KG, uh, which was a, their second microtonal album. I think that released in November of 2020. And then exactly four years to the day of Flying Microtonal Banana, February 24th, 2021, they released LW. KGLW is essentially a double album released in November of last year and February of this year. Um, and they're both fantastic, but they're once again diving into the microtonal sounds that they had done with Flying Microtonal Banana from 2017. And that's actually, uh, I guess, one of the main things we wanted to talk about was LW because LW dropped just a couple weeks ago. But before we do that, Amy, I did want to talk to you about uh, Sketches of Brunswick East and also Paper Mache Dream Balloon, which Yay. came out right. Which you haven't even mentioned out, yet. Yeah, we didn't uh, mention that one. That came out late 2015. And they were working on that album, which is with all acoustic instruments, the same time they were working on Nonagon Infinity, which other than Infest the Rat's Nest is probably their heaviest album and very just crazy, you know, electric guitars, psychedelic, uh, a lot of 7-4 timing, which actually they're really big on, uh, which I don't even know if I want to get into that, but they, they do really weird timings. Uh, they're really big on 7-4 timing. Let's not get into uh, but it. Yeah. We won't get into that because <laughs> Amy doesn't know as no, much. No, I don't uh, know much about that. Music I don't know stuff. much about that but, either, honestly, but I love it. Their, their drummer is amazing. <laughs> Both their drummers are amazing, but now it's just Cavs. And uh, Cavs is an amazing drummer who blows my mind. Oh, man, and Polygon to Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Okay, the song Polygon to Wonderland is 5-4, then it transitions into Castle in the Air, which is 6-8, and then it goes into Desert Dunes, whatever that song is called, and that's, I think, in... Deserted seven, Dunes. Eight or seven four. Welcome Wait, Weary Feet. Welcome Weary Feet. <coughs> yeah, that's it. Anyway, I, okay, I won't get into the timing shit, but the shit they do with timing is phenomenal, and it will. It's reminiscent of Radiohead. Very reminiscent of Radiohead. Radiohead definitely dives into a lot of five four and seven eight, and uh, King Giz does that a lot. The river is in five four. Um, anyway, but Amy, you were. Uh, 
I, was Paper Mache Dream Balloon like the first album that you really gravitated towards? Yes. Or like, I don't know. Okay, yes. Yes. Okay. Like, once you, once you heard most of them, that was the one that, like, hooked you? <clears throat> yes. So, like, at that point, I had heard a lot of Infest the Rat's, ne- rat's Nest. That one's so hard. Infest the Rat's <laughs> Infest. Nest. I had heard a lot of... Super Bowl coming up feels like... Polygon to Wonderland. <laughs> I'd heard a lot of Monogon Infinity, and I'd heard a lot of Flying Microtunnel Banana. Paper Mache Dream Balloon was the first one. I don't even know. Do you remember the first time I heard it? Because I don't think I do. Um, I think it would have been during quarantine. I think that's when that's you definitely really when I got into it. Dove but... into the Gibbsverse, shall we say? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. The yeah. first time you heard it, I don't know because I wasn't really. You, you. I think were I did the it on my own. Into getting me into that one. You know what? Actually, now that I like sit with it and think about it, yeah. I think what happened. It was during quarantine, and I was just very. Like, I was just so intrigued by King Gizzard because <laughs> the vast array of their musical talents just was so intriguing to me. Like, I was so intrigued mm. by how many different types of music they could play, how many different types of instruments, instruments they could include, yeah. um, and then also just the styles of music. And I remember you, I mean, between you and Cusick, I just, like, heard how they just had a ton of albums out. And so I remember one day I just, like, went in my phone and just, like, looked them up on like apple music and i just like looked through all their albums and paper mache dream balloon just that name i was like that sounds fun and floaty like i want to listen to that one so i just like started listening to it and i was hooked that, that really was it. very different lots of flute it's a lot of flute and <laughs> i love <laughs> it yeah all the other stuff i had heard from them at that point i don't dislike anything i've heard but paper mache dream balloon really felt it like I don't know it resonated with me a little bit more. I was like, okay, this is something yeah. I could literally listen to every single day, and I would love it. Um, and that's basically what I did during quarantine. I listened to that album a lot. Um, so yes, very drawn to that one. And then you, you did tell me, Caleb, which Cusick, apparently you were the first one to tell me, but I'm sorry, I don't remember. After Ouch. I got into paper mache dream balloon, I remember you saying, I think you would like sketches of Brunswick East. And so I did get start listening to that one. A little more jazzy. I do remember pushing that one or suggesting that one. You suggested that one and Fishing for Fishies. Yeah. Well, I was like, once you kind of found your little niche niche. of, uh, Mm -hmm. your niche of like what King is, their realm of discography you liked, I was like, okay, check out Sketches and also check out Fishing for Fishies. Yeah. Which I have also gotten back into Fishing for Fishies. And then, man. Yeah, I, I love that album. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's another that's another thing about King Giz is like you know we mentioned, you know a good starting place might be I'm in your mind fuzz, which is true, but it's like also depending on who you're talking to, you might tell them to start with an album that you know they might gravitate towards anyway. Like Amy, her maybe you know even though it wasn't her starting place, one of her best starting places to get her to make her a Giz head, which was my ultimate goal, was Paper Mache Dream Balloon. Um, and, you know, I, I've thought about, like, you know, my nephews are still young, but I'm like, oh, I could show them Fishing for Fishies, and I bet they would really like that album. Yeah. I bet that'd be, like, one of the best ones that's, to show my nephews. That's what I was about to say, dude. I was like, yeah. I think I would recommend Fishing for Fishies for a lot of people because I think within the, the scope of that album, you hear a lot of the sounds, too, that you'll hear over the you course do. of That is something yeah, about Paper Mache Dream Balloon. It's not really their consistent. It's sound. almost like as as much as little niche project as like Infested Rats. Yeah, is. it's not. Yeah, I mean is. that album is not Just in a different way. You don't really hear that throughout their other albums. Um, so like you could show someone Paper Mache Dream Balloon and they would love it, and then you show them something else like Wait, this is completely different. Yeah. But I think that's what I love the most about this band is 
I feel like they're just not afraid to just, like, do or experiment with whatever the hell they want, you know? Like, oh, they yeah. come out with no, an it... album like Paper Mache Dream Balloon, and then they're like, all right, let's come out with Infest the Rat's Nest. Oh, let's try. I don't know. I just feel like they don't put themselves in a box at all. You can tell oh, just yeah. by listening through all of their discography mm-hmm. that, like, they're not trying to stay in this one sound. Like, they do, I mean, definitely some albums do sound similar to each other, but yeah. I feel like they are not boxed in at all. They don't allow themselves no. to live under one umbrella. I feel like they have they have yeah. kind of sounds they return to a lot and, like, certain mm-hmm. tones they return to a lot and, like, song structures, yeah. but over the course of their career, they're just, like... Yo, no walls, no boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you feel creatively drawn in this direction, let's go there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, th- I think that's definitely, at some point in the band's history, they're just like, all right, I mean, maybe it started with Mind Fuzz, I'm not sure, but they're just like, let's start just like working, let's just get creative, let's do whatever we want. And also, like, this is not a, a pop radio hit band like i don't think they've ever tried to be like hey let's make a radio single i mean i wouldn't be surprised if there's king gizzard on the radio in australia but it's not like other than maybe intrasport off of kg recently like there Mm -hmm. aren't very many songs that i can pick out of theirs that i'm just like oh that's like a radio single that i would hear on you know one of uh, nashville's main like pop radio stations or or rock it's like it's funny because i don't think you can call their i mean i know pop music is just like popular, popular. music mm-hmm. which to us king giz is very pop like super pop to <laughs> oh, us well, but, super <laughs> so popular. They're actually, they're but the, they're yeah, like they're the they don't they don't me. make pop music at all they're like anti-pop what I mean is, music what i mean is like i don't think they've ever had like been like let's try to get a song on the radio they're just like let's just make the music we want Let's make a really good album, and they do make consistently great albums. Like, you know, I every show of theirs I've been to. Well, I don't really remember as far as when they opened for Tame Impala, but like whenever the, all the shows I've been to that they've headlined, I always run into people that are at the King Giz shows that only like their heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they only mm-hmm. like they only like Nonagon, Infest the Rat's Nest, Murder the Universe. You know, like really like they would like boo anytime they would play like. Yeah, you know, people would birds, boo the when the they play yeah. sketches of Brunswick East or Oh yeah, that when we saw them after sketches came out, there was I remember standing next to this dude that like booed every time they played a sketches song. Well they weren't they like, like just from what I remember in that show, Mild High Club opened and then like some of King Giz came on and they like transitioned into their set <clears> by <throat> playing sketches songs and people knew that it was King Giz and they started being like, Boo, like play play oh, yeah, Gone, yeah, or Murder of the Universe. But that, that is, uh, I mean, that is what, like, Nanagon took them to another, a level of fame, and then also Infest the Rat's Nest kind of, like, took them to another level of fame amongst, like, the, the heavy, kind of more metal-driven yeah. crowd. There and, were... like, and I've, more people than not, like, I would talk a lot about King Giz when I worked at Whole Foods, because I was always listening to King Giz, and no one had ever yes. heard of King Giz. But the people who heard, who had heard of King Giz mainly were interested in, in Infest the Rat's Nest. Like, that was the one album where it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, I know Infest the Rat's Nest, and they're awesome, and I'm going to that show. And I'm like, okay. well, okay. <laughs> you sh- yeah, but you should go down the whole rabbit hole because yeah. Infest the Rat's Nest but that's, is just that's one fine. You get hooked on one album, like, and mm-hmm. you go down the rabbit hole. See, I feel like I'm the yeah. opposite, then, of most of these people because I, like, got hooked on Paper Mache Dream Bloom, which is Paper And I got hooked on Flying Flutie. Microtonal Banana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but all of you, all of us went down the rabbit hole at some point. Yeah. So that's yes. all that's important. 
Um, no, that's true. Yeah, when I saw them live in Asheville, which is now a live album, you can. Oh, that's another thing. They've da- they've uh, released they released two live albums last year, but they've also released like five ish uh, live performances for free, and you can uh, download it and make your own vinyls, kind of like Polygon to Wonderland. They're really telling their fans like, hey, if you just want to digitally download these live um, performances that we did. You know, and have them go for it. I think you can do that through Bandcamp, maybe, or something. Well, I think the live um, from San Francisco video was at least a uh, monetized. Well, no, 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 that one was the live out of San Francisco and the Chunky Shrapnel Shrapnel that was. But um, there were I don't remember what five concerts they released for free on Bandcamp and told people to print their own vinyls like Polygon to Wonderland. But one of them was live in Asheville in 2019. I was at that show, so I downloaded that album. Or that uh, live performance off their Bandcamp, I think it was. So that's cool that I like have. Um, I mean, I also have the two live albums that they dropped last year, but I also have the live performance that I was at, and it's really cool to like. That would be cool. That is cool. A live album or like a live performance that I I was at. Um, but yeah, I remember at that album that was the Infest the Rat's Nest tour. There were so many people that. It was the same tour you know, we had, saw them on. Yeah, yeah. They had not heard of King Gizzard beyond Infest the Rat's Nest, or it was maybe Infest the Rat's Nest and in Nonagon Infinity, yeah. and that was it. Um, and that's kind of what all they thought the band was. So, And I'm like, oh, there's so much more. And, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing <laughs> Which that I can I think nerd over that either really King excites people, and like people really see the, like, the beauty and the creativity behind all of that, or really pisses people off, and they're like, no, I wanted to keep them in this box of this one sound, yeah. and I want to know what to expect from every album. Because a yeah. lot of musicians are like that. A lot well, of, yeah. well, I, mean, I, I don't know if a lot of musicians are like that, but I think that a lot of yes. fans pressure musicians yes. into or staying the course. Or recording companies. Or, or, yeah, or managers like, or yeah. whatever. Well, it's like, yeah. I mean, it's like this is already your I've... sound. You got to stick yeah. to what you do because your fans aren't going to like this. No, you're right. I, I want to yeah. rephrase. Not, I don't think musicians are that way. I do think outside sources can put that in people's in musicians ears even like fan outside sources yes fans i'm gonna the fan i'm gonna criticize i'm gonna criticize a band that i like because it was the first one that came to mind when you said that like coldplay i like coldplay but like after their first album well maybe their first i'll give their first two i'll give leeway like to their third album, do you think like that was the album they wanted to make, or the album that they felt like they had to make to appeal? You're gonna have to fans? tell me what What's, the third album. Okay, I don't third know al- the order. Isn't their third, third album X and Y? Their third album is X and Y. X and Y. Oh, X and Y. No, was X and Y was definitely awesome. the album they album. wanted to make at the time. I think. And I it's, th- it's maybe. a concept album, and it's a great album. Like, it's a great album. I'm not dissing the album. I'm just saying like, uh, what what was the song that sounded exactly like Clocks though on X and Y? Uh, Speed of Sound. Speed of sound. You're right. Okay. I was thinking sound of light, and I was like, it's not sound of light. Speed of sound. Um, uh, yeah, that's that song I felt like, maybe the rest of the album I'll, I'll be like, yeah, it was still a great album. And But speed of sound felt like someone, like a, stu- a studio executive was just like, hey, we need another clocks. And they're like, all right, we'll just write another clocks. And they wrote speed of sound. Yeah, which is that's funny because that's always a song I think is the weakest on the album. Anytime we listen to the album, I think honestly, that. and we need to have this podcast about best all-time albums from like start to finish because I think X and Y would be one of my nominations. But that oh, Speed really? of Sound, it's, it is a solid one. I think is the is the weakest. I'm always get to that one. I'm like, why is this one even on here? 
Yeah. I like okay speed of sound. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, I, I, I mean, if I we, don't this even, is I don't dislike subject, but, the song. Uh, I'm, I'm not, I wasn't saying the song is bad. I was saying that the song feels just, like a song that they were told to write. They're like, hey, Clocks was a big hit off the last album, A Rush of Blood of the Head, the second album. You should just do another Clocks and we'll put that on the radio too. And that's what they did. Like, it felt like that wasn't even necessarily a part of the album they wanted to make. It's just like someone told them, "You need to make another Clocks because yes. Clocks was fucking." And, I, and that that is the one song that feels kind of out of place on the album. I think you're right. Yeah. And they may have but been pressured I, into I love, that, but I think the I, album as a whole is is not that way. Yeah, and I love Clocks, and I even like Speed of Sound. But it li- that was just like one of those. That, that's one of those. Speed of Sound which got them on the radio again. <laughs> Well, I mean, but so did uh, Fix, Fix you. you. They had they had yeah. other radio. Uh, had some maybe radio that was the only hits, other one. But they Fix were you. good radio hits. I think at the I think time. Fix You is the only other one from that album. I would say. Okay, I was thinking there might have been a third, but I can't remember. Um, anyway, we're not talking about Coldplay. Guess it in the lizard wizard. Um, so yeah, so well, let's get into the most recent shit. So yeah, they most recently released the two albums, KG and LW, uh, w, double album. And uh, like I said, LW dropped four years after Flying Microtonal Banana, wow. February 24th of 2021. Do you think that was um, on purpose? Yeah, I think that was intentional. <laughs> February 4th, 2017, February 24th, LW to finish their Microtonal trilogy. It was funny. We did not um, know it was a trilogy yeah, because actually when KG dropped and we were listening to it, Amy's like, why does it say volume two on it? And I was like, I have no idea. Yeah, I noticed that when we uh, didn't know Because I was why. like, KG, I was like, I know, I assume there's going to be like an LW, and those two will go together. But I was like, I don't know why KG is volume two. But that there makes sense yeah, now. Flying, the microtonal if you, trilogy. If even uh, before, yeah, at the very beginning of 2017, if you look at the cover of, well, you still have the vinyl, although it's at your friend's house, I assume. We'll be getting um, it actually tomorrow. <laughs> oh. Tomorrow. Well, side no. note. Well, look at, look at the cover of. Side note. She knows that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, if you look at the cover, the front left, it says uh, an exploration into microtonal sounds, volume one, I believe, on Flying Microtonal Banana. Yeah. It says volume one, that's for sure. I hope they come out with a Polygon to Wonderland volume two. Dude, Polygon to Wonderland is a fucking masterpiece. Agreed. Sorry, audience. I'm chewing ice, which is rude. That is the worst podcast. thing chewing to do ice? while recording yourself. Yeah, that's yeah. That is. She's <laughs> like, that does not, deserves better. That does not um, match. Up. Like we provide high quality <laughs> high shit, quality. and that is not allowed. Yeah, let's go back to talking about che- Coldplay. You want to go chew some gum as well? Like, what in the I world? might just like I might just like scratch my butt. Or eating a big old bag of poop. Eating a big old bag of poop. Eating a big old bag of poop. Okay, so KG and LW, uh, Microtonals Volume 2 and 3, um, are fucking badass. Um, I personally liked LW better than KG, but I mean, it's kind of a package altogether. Um, Why do you like yeah, it LW, better? LW just... Oh K- man, G- it just yeah. it has some really strong tracks. I agree. I agree um, with you. I like LW better than KG. Uh, but if I, you listen to the both of them like back to back, it's even hard to tell that there was an album break. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, like they're really. I feel like it's meant to be listened together. Although it will take you like eighty-five minutes to listen to both albums, <laughs> which is a big dedication. Um, that's because the last song I do, is super I do long. It, KGLW. It's like I do ten it minutes. Yeah, that's like that's like eight and a half. It's like eight and a half. Mm, I think it's longer. 
it's not eight. How, how long is KGLW? It I'm is eight and a half. Yeah, it's like Cusick knows. Cusick it's eight knows. minutes and 28 seconds. Cusick knows. Okay. I know, like, literally name a track of theirs, and I'll probably tell you how long it is, because I just know the band that well. Um, so, Side Crumbling Boogie. Castle, 10 minutes and 49 seconds. Um, so, Side Boogie. <laughs> Side Boogie was six minutes and, like, nine seconds or something. All right, we got to do this. I know, this I, is going to become the podcast now. We're put, just going to start put, naming put, songs put and me, see put how. Put me on the test. I, I challenged myself. Six minutes, nine seconds is what he said? Something like that. Six uh, minutes and ten seconds. Six minutes and forty-eight seconds. So you're Ooh, within the was, minute range. Off. That's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty that. impressive, Cusick. Uh, we'll come back to that challenge later. But you know, uh, am I in heaven? Seven minutes and four seconds. Anyway, uh, Crumbling Castle. Ten minutes and forty-nine seconds. I'm pretty sure about those two. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, LW. Okay. If not now, when? is kind of a very, uh, I don't know. The world's ending, we use... need to save it. Yeah, it it, lear- it has like either like a clavichord sound or something, and then a, a Rhodes keyboard sound, and it's uh, Stu is singing in falsetto. Oh, that's another thing that we didn't mention about the band, is like Stu is technically the front man, but uh, Ambrose and Joey sing quite often, um, so they have kind of a Beatles thing going on. With, but you Stu know, you writes, like, John. everything, doesn't he? No, 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 no. I mean, Stu, I think, is the main writer, but he is not... Um, he's like not my the favorite only track. writer. He's not the only writer. My favorite track off of KG, uh, Minimum Brain Size, was actually Joey's song. Mm-hmm. Joey wrote that one. Um, and I believe... As far as Polygon to Wonderland, I think more the uh, the horology inner cell and um, loyalty. That was I think those three were Joey's as yeah. well. Yeah, Joey know... Joey's like the Johnny Greenwood of King Giz. Yeah, that's that's. I a just good know when we. And I feel like Ambrose is the Nigel Goodrich. When we watched Chunky Shrapnel, and the credits roll Which at the music end. Music hasn't seen. Music that's oh, no, insane. I have, I have seen it. Now. You've seen Chunky Shrapnel. Watched... Yeah, I told you I watched Junkie Shrapnel finally. Like, that was months ago. How the hell did you but, see yeah. it? Um, Where I found did you a see bootleg. it? I found a bootleg online. Oh, shit. Send me that link, bro. I want to okay. watch that again. Well, well, <laughs> I thought when, you bought it. Well, when the credits scroll, literally every song written by Stu McKenzie. Yeah. Written by Stu McKenzie. Written by Stu McKenzie. I think a lot of their older stuff was, like, solely Stu McKenzie. Pretty well, much, I like, think, writing um, it. As far as I know, I think um, I'm in your mind, Fuzz, was and Nonagon Infinity and Murder of the Universe, that original kind of big trilogy, which are, I mean, all three of those albums are fucking epic. I think those three albums are pretty much Stu. Stu is the main dude behind those three. Um, as far as like Float Along, Fill Your Lungs, and Oddments, I think that's mostly Stu, but I think. Um, I think, oh, Joey wrote uh, Work This Time, which is another one of their big hits. Uh, that was off Oddments. But if you go to their Spotify, I think that's like their number one listen to track. I want to say it was in a Work movie or something. Oh. Work This Time. I think it was in a movie or something, which is why it's listened to so much. I don't even know what movie it was in. But um, uh, that was Joey's. That was a Joey song. Uh, Joey's been writing a little bit more. Um, Did and Ambrose like said, do wrote, Straws in the Wind? 
Was that? Trials or not? I, well, I think I think when Ambrose sings, because I think Ambrose writes for uh, his other band, the Murlocs. But I d I don't know if he writes too often for King Giz, but occasionally Joey or Stu will write a song and they'll just be like, "This song needs Ambrose's vocals." Because I mean, you have to admit Ambrose's vocals are probably the most. Um, well, I want to use the word unique, but I don't think that's fair to Stu and Joey. But Ambrose's voice sticks out, um, mm -hmm. for sure. You can tell when it's um, him singing. Yes. Yes. Like, there are times when um, jo Joey sings, and I'm not sure if it's Joey. Or Stu. But when, yeah, or Stu. But when Ambrose sings, which, I mean, is kind of a good thing, because when Joey sings lead, Stu is often singing back up, and when Stu sings lead, Joey is very often singing back up. So it's kind of good that they have similar voices that accent each other, um, whereas Ambrose has this really good kind of... Uh, different voice which they utilize in um, what's that track uh, I'm not a man unless I have a woman where Ambrose sings as a woman and Stu sings as a man um, it, you know it's it's like the two having a conversation with each other and it, it works really well in that in that sense um, but yeah uh, where, where were we LW. LW we should review we should review LW um, I don't know. What were, what were some of your favorite tracks, Caleb? Off of that um, I really liked. I think the album started getting going with Supreme Ascendancy. I like. I pretty much like it from there on out. You don't like Plura? <laughs> uh, Plura like and Plura? and O and E are good. <laughs> well, I... they came out er early, so by the time the album dropped, I'd already listened to O and E so much. Well, I guess they had, they Plur released the first three songs before the album even dropped as singles. Yeah, if not now, then yeah. when One and Plura yeah, were all available kind of before the album came out. But yeah, um, Plura was only dropped a couple days before the album dropped. I think though, Supreme but... Ascendancy is actually when Ambrose starts singing. If I'm yeah, he sings on. Um, it's interesting. He sings on track four for both of them. Straws in the Wind is track four for Cage G, and Supreme Ascendancy is track four for uh, LW. Yeah, but Supreme Ascendancy, Static Electricity, and then I think KG LW would be the three strongest songs for me. In terms okay, of okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> is I that Jetters? That was Kona. Kona. <laughs> <laughs> Kona's making noise. Amy, do you, do you have a do you have like a top three strongest tracks oh, off oh, LW? Sorry. Um, you know, the ones that stand out. I mean, I will admit, I have not listened to this. I don't feel as well-versed in this album as I do in others. I still don't either, it's even new. though I've listened to new. it a, a lot in the last week. But, like, I am typically have it on, like, while I'm doing stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, when, especially with KG released before this, KG and this, they, they, they blend together very well. So they sometimes it's hard for one song to really stick out because they there's a lot of similarities between Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I will say with KG, though, by like the second time I listened through the album, I knew Minimum Brain Size was that's like my how I felt too. track off the album. Yeah, and that's my favorite like, that track my favorite. off that album as well, kind of by far. Yeah, by LW far. LW is a little more of a toss-up. I do kind of like a lot. A lot of their songs are, are you know, by yeah. for L LW is, it's hard for me to pick. Um, uh, but... I, I really like uh, See Me, the second to last track. Um, to be honest, that like latter end, uh, the East-West Link, Ataraxia and See Me, and then 
Um, I really do love O-N-E and um, Plura and Suprema Sin. I, God damn it, I love the whole album. <laughs> honestly, like, well, if, yeah, if, honestly, if, I think the If, if Not have, Now Then When is my weakest track on it, just because, like, I, I don't know. I think it's probably the weakest track on the album, but I still don't think it's weak, and I still like it because it's it's so different from everything else yeah. on the album. It's a good little. Um, it's almost like an interest sport to what it's a, KG was. Well, I feel like it's an yeah. interlude between KG and LW. Yes, it's like okay, it the album. Like if you cue those albums yeah, up sense. back to back, when if not now then when comes they on, it's just honest. like kind of an interlude into a new album. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is because I mean it's in between. Um, essentially, if you listen to the both Hungry albums, Wolf of it's Fate. In, Hungry Wolf of Fate and O N E. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like yeah it kind of like segues those two yeah. almost more so it is very different um, like it doesn't really fit into I guess the whole generic sound I, but I, I think it's there w- for a purpose oh yeah for sure I do have one criticism of L W even though I really like both of these tracks which is Static Electricity and East West Link I don't like that they're back to back because they sound too similar to me other than static electricity is longer and a little bit more spacier and East West Link is a little bit more drivier. But uh, those two tracks, even though I love both of them, they sound too similar to me. And because of that, I don't know. I, I've, uh, I like East West Link, I think, a little bit better. But I, for some reason, it just bothers me that those two tracks are right next to each other because they feel like they should... Yeah, I don't know. It feels like you can, when East West Link starts, when that song like really starts and the drums come in, start singing the end of Static Electricity. And you okay. you, you can. And it's not a bad thing. Can't you do that on non Infinity with any song? You can sing the previous song <laughs> like, over yeah. the next song and it'd be the well, same yeah, thing. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess th- this is not fair to complain because, yeah, they play with motifs. <laughs> and you could say, you know... If they're pl- they might be playing with similar motifs on two tracks back to back, but yes, they did that on Nonagon Infinity like nonstop. So, eh, I, my complaint is is not. I like I said, I fucking love the band. I love every your complaint track, is but there's something that you wish they had at least broken those songs up and they weren't back to back. I think you're trying to find a complaint. Yeah. (laughs) I I think, well, I think they'd either, I think they should have either broken the songs up and made them like further apart so that they um, accent each other, or they should have just combined them into one really long ass track because I love their long ass tracks. So rather than like a five and a half and a three and a half minute song, just make it a really long ass nine minute psychedelic static electricity East West Link link. Yeah, that'd be cool. I don't know. Just me. I'm pro that. I'm pro that. But Amy, can you name? Sorry, I cut you off. Can it's you okay. Name some of your, some of your favorite. I mean, I do Bibi? like, I like Plura. K-G-L-L. Oh yeah, that's really the one that stands out. K-G-L-L. It's kind of hard. Caitlin and I were talking about this the other day. It's interesting now, like listening to albums because we just download them on our phones now, right? So, like, you just kind of hit play and then you just like close your phone and you just listen straight through. So you don't always know the names of all the songs. Well, especially when we listen to albums oh, together, typically we're point. driving. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not... Well, I will say driving is the main time I listen to music. Although on my days off, especially if a new album that I want to listen to, I'll take my dog on a long walk and I'll just... Like, when LW dropped my first day off, I just took Leia on, like, a two-hour walk and listened to it three times through. But I think just, like, compared to, like, I think of back... 
back in the day when you would like buy a CD and like right. put it in and play it. Like you had and the like actual little booklet yeah, with all the lyrics. You had the and booklet. Oh, yeah. You had like the actual like a the case right. where on the back it had every song and like there were song. like kind of breaks between each song so you could tell when the song was changing yeah. and then you could look and oh, be yeah. like, oh, that's the name of this song. That's just not really my reality anymore. It's more now you just hit play on your phone and then like you know turn your lock screen off and throw your phone somewhere and like just and listen listen oh, yeah. to the album but you don't know so i don't yeah so i definitely know and i mean i've listened to this album multiple times straight through but i can't say and it's always an enjoyable experience but i can't say i have paid a lot of attention to which song is a um associated with which title <laughs> Gotcha. Well, King is, it's also really hard to do that because of the way they make yes. a, a lot of their songs flow into each mm-hmm. other anyway, yeah, which is one thing true. that I love about them. But yeah, yeah it's, you're very true. So and you like, asked me that as, question and like, I know yeah. there are some that are my favorites, but I think I'd more have to be listening to it. Like we'd have to be hanging out, yeah. hearing it and be like, oh yeah, this one's one of my faves. Or like, you know, this one. but all that to say, I do recognize Plura and I like, so that to me, I've, oh, yeah. that's another thing too, though, if I can recognize one like as a standalone and then I like mm-hmm. want to look at what the name of it is like uh-huh. I intentionally go find my phone and look at the name of it then I'm like okay this is one that I like is standing out to me and that's that's yeah. one from I, that album I felt uh, I really love Plura and I felt like Plura was maybe the most for lack of a better term standard giz of LW mm-hmm. which is not a diss but it was just like oh this reminds me of some of like the I don't know like Nonagon and stuff yeah, and like true. Polygon to Wonderland stuff a little bit too um, so that was one thing I really liked about uh, Plura but uh, no that's that is a very good point like we were just talking about sketches of Brunswick East and as much as I love that album that album is really hard for me to name each mm-hmm. track well it's funny because well, um, three of them are sketches of Brunswick East well it is funny well, yeah, because true. from that album like I knew I really liked I think it was like sketches of Brunswick East one I don't know there's one song or maybe mm-hmm. countdown I don't know there's one song I really well, liked Rolling Stone is probably my favorite Rolling Stone is a- <laughs> there was one song I really that's, liked and I wanted to put it on a playlist so yeah. <laughs> I put it on this playlist and whichever song I picked I can't I think it might have been countdown it like ends so abruptly. Like if you just stand oh, it, yeah. if you stand it alone, oh, it yeah. just like ends. Like there's no. Well, that's. But that's in the why album, I made my master giz playlist. Yes. Because everything flows into one. But in the album, it just flows right into up. the next song. But when you take that song out of the album and just put it onto a playlist, it literally just like stops. Like it mm-hmm. sounds like in the middle yeah. of a melody, it just stops, yeah. and you're like, Yeah. Wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason it's kind of hard sometimes to know. Well, that's why I think Flying Microtonal Banana was one of the first albums that really caught me because I had heard I'm In Your Mind Fuzz and Nonagon Infinity pretty much as background music from Cusick, from you playing mm-hmm. it while we like listened to play video games or like you were like, listen oh, yeah. to this album. So we'd listen to it. But I feel like listening to it in that way for me, it's it was like, okay, I get the sound, but like mm-hmm. there no specific music mm-hmm. or song is sticking out to me once flying microtonal banana came out i feel like almost though it has an overall you know the microtonal sound to it um each song in the album is very much like kind of standalone and individual oh, that's very true and, yeah. it, and it moves in a way to where it's like okay one song's done and then the next microtonal yeah. song starts and then that one's done and now oh this one is different but in the same kind of microtone and that's what really caught my attention 
and that's, that's when that, that was like the first album where it's like oh i know the name of every song on this album and like they're all very different and intriguing and so then i worked backward from that <laughs> and i still honestly if i listen to nonagon uh i'm starting to get the name you know i can i can name some of the songs just by, by like the lyrics they say in it like big big wasp but some of them it's like <laughs> if you're just listening very casually it's like i don't know if this song's big big wasp or evil death grasp or whatever evil death grasp evil death evil, evil death, death roll death yeah, yeah. That's it. Sorry. Um, sorry. Sorry. I, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I, I know too much about Giz because, I mean, I listen to Nonagon Infinity, so I can name all nine tracks, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to test myself. Robot Stop to Big Fig Wasp to Gamma Knife to People Vultures to Mr. Beat. But wait, to Evil once Death you Roll, miss a beat. To Invisible Face to the Wah Wah to Road Train. Yeah, that's it. There you go. Wow, wow, I think those are my favorite lyrics of any King Giz song. You didn't even bring up Gumboot Soup. Oh, shit. Which has All Is Known on it. Which has And the wheel is maybe my favorite. Oh, I'm sleeping in is a good one. Yep. The wheel. That's a great one. Oh, Sleepwalker, which is on Oddments, is another one that like people don't talk about, but I love Sleepwalker. I'm sleeping in. Uh, the Wheel is maybe my favorite track off of Gumboot Soup, one that closes it out. Um, but yeah, Gumboot Soup was the fifth album that they released in 2017. And they the released it on the last day of, yeah. To the, yeah. Last day. And that really felt just like a B-sides of all the previous four albums they have released in well, 2017. I mean, they, they officially stated they, they didn't consider it a b side album well yeah they're not but, gonna say that but but most of their albums are like have a bit of a concept to it whether it's nonagon infinity being this kind of psychedelic never-ending track as nine tracks that blend into each other or an all acoustic instruments album like paper mache or um playing paying uh, playing in like polymetric meters with polygon to wonderland or whatever you know, they normally have a theme going, but Gumboot Soup is clearly like there's three, I think, microtonal songs. There's some songs that clearly were probably going to be on sketches. Mm -hmm. um, Great Great Chain of Being was probably considered for Murder of the Universe at some point. Um, yeah. uh, and then I would say The Wheel was probably going to be on Polygon to Wanna Land, but I think most of the tracks were potential sketches of Brunswick East songs that, or just other just songs that they were messing around with, and they're like, oh, well... They didn't, really fit. they didn't really fit anywhere else. I mean, in the... all yeah. this to say, I'm just so amazed by this band who just seems to have a never-ending tunnel of creativity, and they just don't really question it. They just do it. They just roll yeah. with it. They just do it, and I would just do it with any of them. I would go gay with <laughs> any of the members. I would do it too, and you know what? It wouldn't even be gay. I wouldn't even consider it gay. It'd just be doing it. No. It'd just be like hanging out yeah. with the it, boys. It's like a service. It's just a service that's understood. It's when a you, mutual when you give respect. That much good, yeah, when you give that much good art to the world, it's like you you get to just you get it bang back. me. Yeah, you, oh, get, you get it from the back or you get it back? <laughs> oh, yeah. up top. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay, so wonderful. I think we should well, end by talking yes. about Polygon the one with over your and over favorite and over King Giz <laughs> song right now. Song? Right now. 
Yes. Or just album. Song. No, 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 no. Song. Song? Right now. So know that this is an ever-changing answer. But today on March 9th, 2021 at 8.20 p.m. Mountain Time. Okay. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump in and say that this has kind of been my song. It, it, It hit end of 2020 for me in a different way and it's kind of been i haven't listened to it probably it hasn't been probably my most listened to king Giz song mm-hmm. of the year because of their newest albums and stuff and because i listen oh. to polygon wonderland on repeat like every week but uh because <laughs> it's but, so fucking uh, good float along fill your lungs that song oh yeah that is, is, a is one that's like song. has has skyrocketed to the top of like oh man that song is like sacred listening for me mm-hmm. when I listen to it. It really and, is. And I love that song. Mm-hmm. I love it. And that would be the song I would choose right now. I love that sacred listening. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a good one. All right, Amy, how about yourself? I mean, definitely right now for me, it's got to be The River. And that was your song oh, of 2021. Yeah. That is my song of 2021. I picked a song at the beginning of 2021 for the whole year, and The River was it. So. What a great song. That might be my favorite, like. Well, gun to my head, if I had to choose two favorite King Giz songs of all time, I'd say it's The River and Am I in Heaven, which well, I we know should, I showed. We should do an episode on, like, top on. ten Giz songs, or, like, trying to rank top ten Giz songs. Okay. But your okay, favorite well, Giz song right okay. now, Cusick. Right now, it's actually um, Kiki Gaku Moyo's The Gatherings. That's your favorite Giz <laughs> song? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Not I was Silver listening Owl? to Kiki you should also, uh, listeners, listen to a Japanese psychedelic band called Kikigaku Moyo, because I was listening to them today, and they're great. And King Gizzard loves them, and they love King Gizzard. Um, so it's related. Choose... It's relevant. So it's, rela- it's, it's relevant. Also, uh, on my phone, Kikigaku Moyo is right above King Gizzard in alphabetical <laughs> order. Um, so I see those two together a lot, K-I-K-I. and I listen to them together a lot. Is that how the alphabet um, works? Okay. Just don't think too don't much about I just, it. I know. Well, the thing is, I listen to King Gizzard almost every day, and that's not an exaggeration. That's a, no, like, same but, here. And that's the, the great thing about all their, their albums. It's like there is a King Giz album for every day. Every, every day. single oh, day. We have one in between no Kiki Gakumoyu and, the, and King Gizzard. Oh, is it we King have the Killers. It's the Killers in between. Oh, Killers. Oh, the Killers? They're in between. Okay, but Cusick, okay. you have to say who, what, uh, when. Okay, how? well, I would say Where? right now, just because LW yes. has just dropped, and the song that for some reason has been stuck in my head the most, and I I do love it is uh, "See Me," the second to last track off of LW. How can anybody see me when I am invisible? Anyway, I fucking love that song. Electricity. Kind of, kind of reminds me of uh, track two off of Flying Microtonal Banana, Melting. Melting is also yeah, a really I good song with really cool drums. That, that's, that's up there for me. Um, all right. Well, yeah, let's close it out. Let's close Thanks it out with a chant. Tune in next time, listeners, when we will talk once again about wizards. But not. But different wizards. Check it out. Different wizards. The actual gay wizards. No, check it out. Love you. Bye. Bye.